walk around and disregard it. Strip you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Strip you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the hardest. Talk around What's up, everybody? Hardest part of the ring is here, is queer, is full of cheer, and all that shit. Ready to get into some Ring of Honor, babe, baby. So we last week we had uh, so last week. If you are uh, subscribed to this podcast, which if you're not at this point, what the fuck are you even doing with your life? Last week, uh, the apron bump. Had an episode on ECW November to Remember 1994, the first ever Extreme Championship Wrestling major event. And I bring that up because uh, Ring of Honor, at least at this point in 2002, is essentially just 2002's version of ECW. (laughs) Philly-based same kind of crowd and as you'll see in this show a lot of uh let's say hangover ecw hangover a lot of uh residue seeping down from uh from ecw is that is that is that how we want to call it residue um (laughs) ring of honor eventually kind of moves in a different direction than that but here yes it is very ecw-esque in many ways you know the camera works a little different. It's a little more cloverfieldy. And Ring of Honor at this point has less chloroform uh, to win matches. Not zero, but less. So uh, they share similarities and they have differences is what I'm saying. But yes, Ring of Honor. Honor invades Boston. And as the title suggests, it is emanating from Boston, Massachusetts, or right outside of it, I believe. And this is the first show that Ring of Honor ran outside of Philly. So they're finally out of that uh, little youth basketball basketball court <laughs> that they've been doing their uh, previous shows in. And I don't know, man, maybe it's just the fact that it was different. Maybe it's just wanting them to improve, but this show... In watching it, it just felt more polished to me. It felt more akin to what I remember from Ring of Honor. And, you know, the in-ring stuff was really good, too. That even, aesthetically, it felt more polished. But even in the ring, it felt more smooth in a lot of ways. Um, But we'll get into that. Won't step over too much of what we cover in this show. 
But uh, lots of stuff happens on this show. We got a world title match. So we're fresh off of crowning a champion where Loki became the first ever Ring of Honor world champion. So this is the first show after that. And we get the first ever title defense of the Ring of Honor championship where Loki takes on AJ Styles in the main event. And you just see that on paper and you're like, man, butter my tits and call me your mama. That's going to be a great match. And hell yeah, doggy, it was. And we spend a lot of time talking about how that match should represent what we see nowadays rather than what we do see nowadays. But we also get a, uh, in this show, we see the Briscoes finally go at it against each other, not as a team. We get a Boston Massacre street fight. <laughs> do you get it? Because it's in Boston. Boston Massacre. Ha, people died. But it's a fun wrestling thing we're doing here. And then uh, yeah, there's also some Donovan Morgan on this show. Just in case you were worried we were done talking about Donovan Morgan. <laughs> people are listening to this like, who the fuck is Donovan Morgan? It, exactly. Exactly. But yes, for this episode... Charlie from the Getcho podcast returns. The uh, Asian persuasion duo is back at you to <laughs> cover this Ring of Honor episode. You can find his podcast, the Getcho podcast, on all podcast platforms and YouTube as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Getcho Podcast. That's the, the podcast's Twitter, but you can find uh, Charlie himself on Twitter at Hi underscore charty underscore b great great podcast of the get show boys it's him and like 75 other asians just talking shit about wrestling a little week in review action but implementing comedy and just that barbershop feel i think is how he describes it and that's exactly accurate i it's one of the podcasts that i listen to every single week and with how many wrestling podcasts there are out there it takes a lot you know to put yourself in front of the pack like that, but a great podcast from the Get Show Boys. And let's get right into it, baby. Ring of Honor. Honor invades Boston 2002 with myself and Charlie from the Get Show Podcast. So, yeah, man, uh, ROH Honor invades Boston 2002. Um, so, you got a chance to watch this, right? Yeah, uh, it was your uh your pleasure not i don't know I was just, <laughs> uh, this is one of those shows where i was like i was like sitting there looking at us like you know what this has got a lot of potential i, I can't wait to watch this then i was like damn i was wrong <laughs> well can i tell you i had like the opposite thought because i was looking at the card and i was like man this seems like a bunch of shit that i've seen already like and but like biohazard and fucking sat and quiet storm and that kind of shit like all these indie guys like low-level indie guys it's like man i feel like i've seen this before so i kind of rolled my eyes when i first watched the uh when i first like just read the card but uh watching the show i mean it did feel like it like it was a little long like a little too long but i thought there was some pretty good shit on here yeah yeah definitely you're right like and I, that was kind of the theme of this whole event it was like each match kind of just it told the great story but went way too long like the story is already told like we get it yeah 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 exactly um but yeah basically just for context this is uh the first ever uh non-philly show that roh ever did um from boston 
Massachusetts. And if, you know, me and you said that at some point that we needed to do like a 2 a.m. podcast, like when oh, we were yeah. just f- fucking hammered. This this would have been the one to do because we could have done a, a drinking game. Uh, take a drink every time the commentators say Beantown. Oh, <laughs> there was there was more than that too. There was, they had some other thing where they oh you know I I wish I could I'm gonna think of it in the middle of this, this episode where they just kept repeating over and over again. But that was that's one of them too. But I would have taken yeah. my little tiny baby sips sips of my uh my Patron over here. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, the show, and it's also fresh off of uh, low-key being crowned the first ever ROH champion. Uh, he won a, uh, a fatal four-way, one-hour Ironman match on the last show. Have you ever seen that match by any chance? No, I haven't. Who, who was in it? So it was low-key, uh, Christopher Daniels, Doug Williams, and Spanky. Um, and the, the match was kind of like structured so if you get a pinfall or submission you get two points uh if you lose you you get deducted a point uh deducted deducted you you lose a point um but ultimately like it was literally just low-key and christopher daniels trading wins um but neither guy pinned each other so that's kind of like the story that they're like kind of starting to build is low-key versus christopher daniels that's gonna be like the first like main event title storyline i think here Wow, when you first said that match, I I was just picturing like Donovan Morgan and uh, Christopher Daniels just doing like these like amateur wrestling catches catch can style wrestling for about an hour and a half while like Loki just keeps kicking Spanky. <laughs> By the way, how dare you? It's Doug Williams, not Donovan Doug, Morgan. Oh my god, I see like <laughs> they're both technical masters exactly. of the ring, so it's easy to <laughs> <laughs> that's why i was like i was trying to figure out where the hell did i get that from i'm so sorry because like yeah right. donovan morgan was in the same he was also in the prophecy with christopher daniel right so i mean he was he was made... there somewhere right yeah he was oh uh you know what take two <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the show opens up with low-key um like i said he just won the title so he's basically kind of recapping that um just a kind of a long-winded promo by low-key it, it seems like just like a lot of sound bites that a Japanese villain would say in a movie. I closed my eyes thinking of uh, someone doing their best, a Sean Connery impression. Oh, like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his voice is just so like powerful, but like, like I don't know how to explain it. It just, know, says, so, it just says dildo-y stuff. Yeah. Well, no, in this, in this promo, it was like, I bet you he had like a, he had a bet with someone in the back where how many, how many cliches he could say in one promo. He's like, Say shit like I'm gonna give it my all, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take it one day at a time. This is my life, you know. It's like, like can like, you do ooh. the rest of this podcast and Loki? That's all. What do, you, what do you mean I hit you too hard? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a work. What does that mean? <laughs> it's like it's like. What do you mean, Steph? I'm not Steph. Look down. <laughs> Do you think Loki has a big penis? For some reason, I feel like he has a small wiener. No, I think he's got an actual tripod. I'm telling you, like, this guy has yeah. to have a giant cock to be, like, running around like this. Like, he's like, you want to fuck with me? Well, look at this, you know? <laughs> or is he compensating? Maybe that's That's, that's a great point. You know, that's a great point. Like, oh, well, I, I hope to find out one. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a Google search for after this is over. There you go, Charlie. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> 
But okay, that's no more low key talk. I, well, this is gonna trace right back to him, and one day he's gonna come to my house and koala kick me. <laughs> he's still going at it, man. I'm watching <laughs> him on MLW. He's still at the same pace that he is here. Exactly. Is, is he still like holding people's heads down to uh, kicking them in the forehead unwillingly? I mean, <laughs> I mean, he does it more so now oh, than he did. I think. <laughs> is he is he still wearing his uh, swim trunks from like a YMCA uh, swim class or like? <laughs> I wish he's, he's he's at least past the the suit phase. I don't know oh, if he okay. ever caught that. Yeah, no, like when he was in NJPW, right? He was. Yeah, and I think he did it in Impact too. Or maybe oh, okay. it was TNA at the time. I don't remember, but well, he was he was supposed to be what like Assassins or something like that. What was that? What was that video game? I think he just um ha- had work up until the taping, so oh. he didn't have time to change. <laughs> so he just got in there. <laughs> Hitman, Hitman, that's what you're thinking of. Hitman, there you go. About to say it's like was he was he going door to door like a Jehovah's Witness or something? <laughs> that that's what his gimmick was, not Hitman. Jehovah's <laughs> Witness. What a turn. But speaking about Jesus, whoever <laughs> whoever did the uh, the production of the uh, video packages needed Jesus because although they did they I like how they only do it in the beginning now they don't do it in between each match. I don't, I don't remember because you were on Night of Appreciation, right? Yes. I don't know if they were doing it at that point, but new venue and all that, new ring, same Microsoft PowerPoint video packages. Oh, I, that's so one good. one other thing I wanted to get on, like you know, speaking of production, was I wanted like I wanted to smack and the both of the cameramen because what they did was they they laid their elbows against the apron. So mm. anytime the apron shook, which is all the time, it the the camera shook. So it right. was the most dizzying like three and a half hours I ever had like watching. I had to like turn away a few times just because it was like I felt like I was watching Hunger Games again. You know how the cameras <laughs> are shaking? Like you know what's the other movie I was thinking about? Was, like Cloverfield. Like, Cloverfield. There. You, oh my god! Great. I literally, life. I literally made a note. The camera work was very Cloverfieldy, particularly in the show for some, whatever reason. You could feel every bump, but I didn't want to, man. <laughs> like, Maybe that's what they were going. Hold on, hold on. I think they're go- they're trying to add apron bumps in. <laughs> oh, that's branding. That's branding, folks. Um, <laughs> but uh, sponsored by Apron Bumps. Yeah, <laughs> as you're listening to it. Um, so yeah, after the PowerPoint, um, we have a weird segment with Elax in the dumpster. Uh, could you provide your in-depth analysis on this segment, please? I, you know what, when, when you're watching this and you don't know who these people are and like, you don't know the context, it's just a dumb, it's just some dude in a dumpster. <laughs> dude, I've been watching all of these shows and I still have no goddamn idea what was going on. Oh, all right. So I, I was about to say like, do I need to watch a few of these? Like, thank you. you <laughs> now I feel way better. Like I was like, I'm supposed to get this. Like there, there's no one on this planet with more context to 2002 ring of honor than me right now. And I was thoroughly confused at what was going on there. <laughs> It was Elax and Special K, which is a faction that don't worry, folks, we'll get to. Yes, yes. We um, have to. But yeah, you, we, we we talked about the camera work, which was still like pretty shitty. Um, they need like a hard camera or something. But otherwise, the, the production had, had at least at, as, as far as I saw it, saw a bit of an upgrade from their previous shows as far as like like the ring looked better. I don't know if it was just the red canvas or the, the, the more like kind of identity it had to ring of honor or if it was just a change of scenery because they don't have a fucking basketball hoop in the background now <laughs> it was behind the hard cam <laughs> yeah <laughs> like 
the the brick walls and the the, yeah. the lighting was better. They had replays on this show, which is the first time that they they did that. Um, it just felt a little more polished. Even the commentators, while they're still annoying, they're not as annoying as they were like in the first couple of shows. Because the first couple of shows, the commentators, Donnie B and Steve Carino, they were like on fucking cocaine from hell. Would not let anything breathe, screaming the whole time. And while this show, they they still were like kind of afraid of dead air. It was a little bit more like they they were definitely felt more comfortable, and it, it wasn't as distracting no, as like were, previous shows. They were still hyped up on Mountain Dew. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was still pretty like fast paced. Like Jesus, like breathe, guys. Like right. It was the same speed, but just like the volume turned down a little bit. I feel there like. you go. Um, but so hold on. They turned the volume all the way down, so it got quiet. Which brings us to our first match: Quiet <laughs> Storm versus Amazing Red. Man, oh man! So we got shitty Chad Gable versus Amazing Red. Nice. And <laughs> yeah, like um, I don't know. I, this is one of those matches where I saw it, and I was like, oh, "Man, who gives a shit?" But I, I was watching the match, and it was it was much smoother than I expected it to be because. Especially in 2002, in this era, I mean, the cards are riddled with just like really green. A lot of Texas Wrestling Academy guys um, who are all like green as hell. And Quiet Storm is one of those guys. Um, even Amazing Red is still pretty early in his career um, at this point. He, he is a little bit more established, but still pretty. He, he's not at his peak yet, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, this match is pretty smooth for the most part. It was definitely like a lot of lucha, lucha, lucha kind of shit just to get the crowd hyped. Um, a lot of, you know, tornado DDT, who gives a fucks and <laughs> Canadian, <laughs> Canadian destroyers, which gets a two count, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> just, just, you, did you like that, that, that quiet storm Canadian destroyer on amazing red for just a transition two count? No, I mean, I'm <laughs> going to, yeah, I mean, that's the flat. I could just say no, but I'm going to give them this. Like it kind of went with what they were going. Like, you know, the commentators helped about this. It was like, they were trying to put over that Quiet Storm was going after the neck. He was attacking the neck, attacking the neck. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, like neck breaker. Actually, Quiet Storm hit this really cool combination that like I would go out of my way to see again. I was like, damn, damn, damn. Yeah. It was it was sort of like a it was like if I remember this right, it was a neck breaker. Then he held on, rolled through, held on to Quiet. I mean, held on to Amazing Red. Did a did like a gory driver. Mm-hmm. It's like and, you know, it just kind of adds to like the whole like him constantly working the neck thing. But then, but then it was such a short-lived neck, you know, neck attack sequence where I can forgive them doing the Canadian destroyer and not getting the two count. But it's still mm-hmm. a Canadian destroyer getting a two count. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's like to I be like, fair, I I feel like he might have been going for a code red. <laughs> it just happened to <laughs> land on his head. It's like I meant to do that. I meant to do that. <laughs> Amazing red was like, you're not taking my move, brother. I'm leaning on my head to change it up a little bit. But like I am gonna I'm gonna go with you. Like this match was more smooth. It was definitely a good opener to wake those fans up. If if some fan mm-hmm. was in there somehow already sleeping, maybe like pre-grain drinking in the back of his fucking Honda, you know, like like mm-hmm. this it is one, Boston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this one definitely woke them up because it was just this was just like go, 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 go. But mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but that finisher. Do you do you do you recall the finisher that the finish of this match? I do. Yes. Okay. So 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 maybe you you can give me your rendition of what happened. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> so it's like if you took AJ Styles his spiral tap. Yeah. But like threw water at you like while you were trying to do it or something or you're like trying to fill out paperwork while you were trying to do a, a spiral tap you know what i mean <laughs> it was just like a very like they called it the infrared yeah uh but they've called it the red alert before i think they just kind of uh, think of a red pun in the moment and just call it that the red rocket <laughs> you beat me to it red rocket red rocket <laughs> Red light special. Is that not a finisher? If that's not a finisher by somebody, <laughs> somebody's sure. leaving money on the table. It would be an AEW fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just Abaddon like doing a punch to the head or something <laughs> over right. and over again. <laughs> Man, if I hear this, which you know they are, you know Abaddon's listening. <laughs> She's like, that's a great idea. <laughs> Do you think that's how she talks in her I, normal life, I, or she talks like like? Oh, okay. Now we'll do that move again. There we go. We're going we're gonna to try to figure out how to get low-key in every match. <laughs> hey, you, bitch. Come over here and suck my dick. No, anyway, <laughs> uh... I'm going to cut that and just put that at the beginning. No context. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, so, so, the reason I brought it up is because, yeah, the infrared did look pretty cool. But he whiffed on it. He fucking missed a dude. Like his ass might have like lightly tapped tapped a quiet storm on the head. But then, mm-hmm. but then, he, like I guess you know since they didn't anticipate him missing it, quiet storm sold it anyway. And then like, <laughs> like amazing red jumps right back up, hits a red star press and pins him. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think it's like a grenade. If if you're yeah. like close, you still feel the impact. That's why I hope. Like, you know what? That, if that's the case, then they were smart to like still still sell it you know because like because like mm-hmm. if you were in the crowd and had a weird angle you wouldn't have you wouldn't have seen it but you fucking whiffed <laughs> like you know you, if you're gonna be spinning in the air for how long and hit the ground you better fucking sell that <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you this i didn't really notice it i kind okay, of cool, cool. but I've, I've seen him do it a few times on these early roh shows i'm gonna tell you this that was the best he's ever hit it <laughs> he's he's whiffed way worse oh, than this so maybe i just had a low bar <laughs> <laughs> so i was like oh we almost got him this time maybe next time he'll actually hit him so maybe well, that's why well there you go points. again it goes it goes in circle like you you came in with a low expectation <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the key that's how you uh, enjoy things well what was that? I, I forget what that what this line was i think it was from uh from uh darn it it was, it was a comedian where you said like you know if I screwed it up. You know, it was, it's it's no, so, no, no. Keep going, keep going. I'm I'm trying to. You know, the comedian I'm talking about. He was in Dirty Dirty Jobs. He's an SNL guy. He used to do a weekend update. Oh, um, the guy from uh, Norm Donald. Oh, that's not who I thought. Okay, well, anyway, Norm Donald. He was like, so like, if, if you're going with no expectations whatsoever, you can never fail. Mm, <laughs> you know? That's a good point. <laughs> you know, so, so, anyway, so I had I had to bring that up for no reason. So uh, unless it's a Michael Shane match. Then you can always fail. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Shane, if you're listening, yeah, I don't give a shit. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) He's not doing anything else this time anyways. Why are they always picking on me, man? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, uh, yeah, decent match here. Uh, As you said, Amazing Red gets the win with almost an infrared. (laughs) And then uh, they do the Code of Honor thing at the end where they shake hands, or they're about to. But... Special K interferes, not Special K. If you don't know who Special K is, is a, a faction comprised of Brian XL, Dixie, Izzy, 
and Elax, not Xlax, Elax. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know what they're, I guess they're supposed to be thugs. Um, I can, I can fill you on this one because uh, I, my first time seeing Special K actually was, uh, ever, do you know the, the show ROH uh, Main Event Spectacles? Mm, is that on YouTube? Uh, probably not, but I think I think we can find a way know. to find it. Anyway, it was one of my first ROH DVDs I ever got because this is when I first first knew about AJ Styles and Brian Danielson. But actually, mm-hmm. there's this there's this thing called a scramble cage match, and it was the first time I ever saw Jack Evans. Uh huh. Anyway, so like that's the first time I ever spe- Special K was actually in that match, and then um this is where I found out what they were. They're actually a bunch of ravers, r- raver rich kids. So they're all rich, they're ravers, and they're bored. So like all they do is like do drugs and they wrestle. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, I don't exactly. hate that as much as I want to. <laughs> exactly, and actually, it was actually really entertaining because their main thing is they get their ass beat all the time. They're mm-hmm. really, really athletic, but they're really entertaining. Right. And then that's their gimmick, and it was great, and they they embraced it. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, that, that is pretty much what I've seen so far. But I guess so, you're telling me that they stick around for a while. They do. Like, and actually highly recommend that show because that was my first ever Ring of Honor show I've ever watched. Oh, I'll bring you back on once I get to that one. Oh, most definitely. It's two thousand three. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um so yeah, Special K attacks after the match, both guys, but then SAT and Chris Devine make the save. Now, you're the one that informed me. That SAT stands for Spanish Announce Table, which is hilarious. <laughs> I, I don't know if you caught this, but I, I posted a clip on YouTube and one of the fucking Maximos commented on it. And he was like, yep, that's correct. That's such like a random thing to see. Like, why is OL Maximo commenting on my video? You know what? I caught that and he actually he corrected. He corrected me, didn't he? What, what did he say? No, he said that there, he said that I was almost right. Cause, that's right that's yeah, right because because we because they're not the spanish announce table which like when i now that i look at it retrospect that it makes no sense <laughs> they're, they're oh, the spanish, spanish announce team exactly <laughs> I, I prefer table i'm gonna continue to call <laughs> them spanish <laughs> announce table <laughs> we are the table <laughs> they're trying to st- st- steal special case gimmick of just getting the shit kicked out of them you know what they started they started the whole thing about getting named after inanimate objects that's why Things like T-Bar and Mace are cool now. Man, I've never made a connection between SAT and Retribution until now. <laughs> like, you know, ask him. Ask him right now. Why is your name T-Bar? Well, Spanish announce table. <laughs> you know, you're joking, but I'm, I'm going to do this after. You have to do it. And let them listen to this clip, too. I'm going to be banned on Twitter after this, but I don't care. <laughs> That's I'm going to have another burner anyway. It's like some like cute girl. And I'm going to get like a million followers. Why are you acting like you already don't have one? <laughs> well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, butthole. <laughs> Asian, AZN cutie 69. <laughs> but speaking of Asian cuties and 69ing, we have Special K versus SAT. <laughs> and uh, Nice. So you're talking about a scramble cage match earlier. Yeah. This match is also a scramble, um, a.k.a. too lazy to make tags. Um, so it's scramble rules. It's a six man tag. Um, but it's basically Lucha style where if you leave the ring, your partner can just come in without a tag. So basically what we see on AEW every week <laughs> and, um, Izzy and Dixie like, so, okay. So Brian XL is Lil Bow Wow, just for anybody that needs like a picture, right? 
Izzy Bounce and Dixie. With me. Bounce with me. Sorry. <laughs> Why do you know a Bow Wow song just <laughs> offhand? I know like him and Paula DeAnda are like my two favorite uh, artists of all time back in the day. And uh, or Hanson. <laughs> what an eclectic taste. I'm trying to like think of like all the all the like uh the guilty pleasure people I can think of right now. New kids in the block. <laughs> all like izzy and dixie and brian xl but yeah izzy and dixie are like the white version of bow wow if anybody nice. needs a picture and there's a very spotty match because like you said you have special k who their whole thing is like how athletic they are and then you have sat who are kind of like fat super crazies um and then you have chris divine who's like a white super crazy so <laughs> it's just a lot of like dives there's a lot like i think everyone does at least one dive to the outside um, you got like Phoenix splashes, Flosberry flops, all that shit. Um, you got backflip kicks. You got double submissions, all that hoo ha. Um, there's there was even a spot where I think it was Joel Maximo is on the top rope and he gives two guys a super power bomb. So he has like one guy up, but then uh, the other Maximo picks up another guy and like stacks him up <laughs> like like on his shoulder. It was very it was very silly, but it's kind of funny. Um, but then Elax gets in the ring. And uh, to quote Steve Carino, he gets in the ring with an IQ of 45. I'd say the kid is damn near retarded. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's his gimmick is that he's Eugene. And um, so, yeah, but then ultimately SAT wins with the Spanish fly. Um, definitely like, again, just a lot of green guys in this match. So there's definitely a lot of room for improvement, but for just like a dumb fun match to watch, I think this hit the mark for what it was going for. I agree 100%. And then the way you explained it, it's like a basically an AEW match. That's this is what it was, and it did its yeah. job. It was it was you know it was this was 100 miles per hour. I thought the first match was was just balls to wall. This one like doubled it. Yeah, just adding four crazy. guys to the equation. Yeah, exactly. So like these guys aren't aren't gassing out. So like just fly away. It was it was spotty. It was good. And yeah, yeah like. That's all I can it's say about that. <laughs> it's a very jiffable match, if nothing else. Oh yeah, the whole the whole match. Just just like close your eyes, pick a pick a minute, and just get just make a video of that. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, after the match, Chris Devine grabs a mic for whatever reason, uh, and he challenges Low Key to a match right there, right now. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, man, they're really gonna they're gonna push Chris Devine to the moon here. Um, Low Key comes out. And just kicks the shit out of him in like 60 seconds. Yeah, just, just straight steals his wallet. Yeah. He did I miss anything or did Divine get no offense in this match? Zero. It was, oh, if he did, then uh, we missed it. Yeah. I mean, Key gets in there, just fucking runs at him, gives him Kawada kicks to the head. Uh, the title crush, which is like a handspring spinning back kick, uh, then follows it up with a dragon sleeper. Chris Divine taps out. And commentary is putting this over like Chris Devine has nothing to be ashamed of. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, he does. This yes, <laughs> <laughs> got cog slapped. What are you talking about? <laughs> this match is where the code of honor like, is unsettling to me because uh-huh. I get the code of honor. You shake hands after the match, right? Mm-hmm. This guy <laughs> got deep pants, humiliated, and he gets up. He's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it is. And it wasn't even like a reluctant handshake. He got up. He was like, good job. <laughs> That's maybe he's, he just has a BDSM fetish. 
Maybe, yeah, you know what? He he got his jollies off then because he just basically he, just, he like mushroom slapped him for like 30 seconds. And the guy was like, give, thank you. Have a, give me another mm-hmm. one. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he just won a match. and He's like, wait a minute. I need a loss on my record real quick. <laughs> Even in the UFC, if someone gets beaten up that badly, they're not going to make him get up and like handshake. They just they just have like check on him and like, and you know, that's it. Interview the winner, you know, yeah, get him exactly. off camera. <laughs> but in this case, nope. He had to get up and be like, good match. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, and also with the code of honor thing, like they added a caveat on this show because typically it'd be like code of honor. You have to obey it every time, no matter what. But then they yeah, added yeah. it in this show. If it's a blood feud, then you, the, the code of honor doesn't stand anymore. And I, I just I'm just picturing like the board of directors, like trying to <laughs> this decide which match is a blood feud and which one isn't. It's very vague, very vague. Hmm. Xavier and Scoot Andrews. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, like that's like on the line, you know. Uh, maybe maybe they'll just pinky swear. <laughs> Maybe like a high it. five. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be a handshake. Just have to touch in some way. <laughs> they touch tips. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher, we're not at Christopher Street Connection yet. You're yeah. getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, good, good shit. But uh, so it cuts after that to uh, Christopher Daniels, who is in Japan. Uh, what I presume is some sort of sushi restaurant or something. <laughs> Uh, just sitting there kind of rubbing his hands together because heel. And uh, he says he's going to get his revenge on low key in September because I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but in that Ironman match, he did lose because he didn't, he didn't have the most points, but he, at no point did he get beat in that match. So Loki won the title, but Loki didn't beat Christopher Daniels. Uh, okay. So Daniels is kind of alluding to that. So they're building to a match, I suppose in September, um, and then he says the prophecy is going to take over, which is hilarious considering the prophecy is literally him simply luscious and not Matt Morgan. Yes. Come on, man. You, you, anybody listening to this would have forgot that by now. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it. And I literally watched the show like a few weeks ago. No, I mean like this interview was funny to me because like he was saying that he was in Japan being one of the best wrestlers in the world. Right. And right. in the background is a picture of his, him in his curry man outfit. Was that what that was? <laughs> that was Curry Man the outfit. And like you know Curry Man, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. So like he's calling himself the best wrestler in the world when he's running around in Japan wearing a yellow outfit and doing shitty comedy. You know I'm, what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna get that one more again. I'm gonna say that one more time. I'm doubling down, like doing like his because like his comedy is like I'm gonna dance really goofy and silly, and if you're gonna laugh and Japanese people go <laughs> You know, <laughs> wait, how do Japanese people laugh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's the best wrestler in the world. Get your bitch ass out of here. Oh, sorry, but <laughs> it's not comedy, it's serious. I, it must be, it must be like a, a daddy crisis or something. Like he's off his meds in Japan. Ah, see, there's layers to it. You're, you're just missing it. It's just too deep for you, I think. It's like in America, I'm like a religious character, but back in Japan, I I just put on this outfit, run around in circles, and dance around like an idiot. That's called balance. Ever heard of it? <laughs> I guess. But like, uh, anyway, anyway, so so I there, I don't I know why I went on a Christopher Daniels tangent. He's very uh, very talented. I love him. It's probably because he didn't want to talk about Christopher Street Connection, which is up next. Yes. The uh, the gay boys versus 
Dunn and Marcos. And uh, so Dunn and Marcos are kind of like the Colin Delaney's of tag teams. And then uh, Christopher Street Connection. So if you've been following my ROH shows, they, they always have a segment, at least. If they don't have a match, they have a segment. They're literally on the last show. They had like at least three segments where they were just walking in the halls eating bananas. And they were looking, they finished their bananas and then they're asking people for their bananas. Sounds like I'm joking, but that's a thing that happened. <laughs> but they have a match here. And um, man, so Christopher, I mean, Christopher Street Connection. So for anybody who hasn't seen them before, imagine Billy and Chuck, right? But um, like if you've played like a SmackDown versus Raw like video game, and you have like the create a character feature. It's like if you like decrease their height, but kept the same weight. And he did that to Billy and Chuck. That that's pretty much what you would get. That's genius. I like that. Then uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a lot of silliness, a lot of silliness. But this is like their first like legitimate match that I've seen of them, and they're like halfway competent. I feel like. I mean, they're still <laughs> pushing the gay thing really, really hard. That's probably a bad way to phrase it, but. Um, there's one, one, one spot in the match that I want to bring up. So that I want to get your thoughts on. So one of the, let's just say it, it's Marcos is on the ground. Okay. The, one of the Christopher street connection guys, which by the way, this is like the sixth event I've seen. And I still don't know any other names, but the guy is the Christopher street connection guy is in the corner and he kind of slugs slug slides across the ring over marcos so that his gay penis slides over his face so it's kind of like the caterpillar that otis does but uh he just stays on the ground and slides do you like that spot you're really asking me that (laughs) (laughs) do you think it was effective yeah it was effective like yeah i would stay down i'd I'd get up yeah (laughs) oh boy this uh, this match was basically like it was like I don't know how to explain it. It was like like nice suplexes, like hard strikes and sexual assault. Yes, it was literally here. Let me hit you with some really stiff looking forearms, but then let let us get whipped into each other and kiss each other. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> well, of course. Like I don't know if you caught this in commentary, but like of course they had to do the obligatory. Oh, these guys like it stiff. Oh my, like, come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> That's good shit. That's exactly. good shit. He's like, oh, he's stuffing him now. You know, like how many, like how many more, like, like are you, are you guys gonna really go that, like that route, like you know, gay jokes left and right? Oh, that, that's nothing compared to like the first couple shows when like one of the guys had them had a mic in his hand, and the guy was like, oh yeah, he looks really comfortable with that microphone in his hand. Oh, oh man, that kind of shit. <laughs> like, if we get it. But uh, well, ultimate, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, well, well, I'll, I'll, like what I was gonna say was like, it, it feels like this team was like starting to turn face now. They were like, it was like kind of like kind oh, yeah. of uncomfortable to watch because like they were heels. So fans are like, you know, hating on gay people. So it's like basically like a, like a glorified hate crime. But now it's like the fans are just like cheering them on, even to the point where they're actually kissing fans in, in, before the match. <laughs> it's like Bret Hart, but making out instead. <laughs> well, you don't want, oh yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like the Christopher Street connection ends up winning. And this is a real name for their finisher, mm-hmm. the gay basher, <laughs> which is kind of like, I don't know why this is the, the, the example that pops into my mind, but do you remember the dicks in WWE? 
What? Are you talking they about were... Seth Rollins? <laughs> No, I'm not talking about Seth Rollins. <laughs> they were a tag team in like 2005, 2004. They were the, very short lived. The, the the Tolan brothers, right? Is that what they're like? They were I like Chip I think and Dale guys. Yeah, yeah. I think that's their. I don't know if they were actual brothers, but yeah, I, I know. I remember them. But they had a finisher that was pretty much this. So I don't know if there's a theme here. The cum um, shot. Okay. Yes, the cum shot. <laughs> uh, but that's how they win. Christopher Street connection. Yeah, like you said, definitely like getting support from the crowd and they, they kind of know it. So I get the crowd leaning into it. And uh, I mean, it's fun, I guess it's entertaining. It, it definitely goes like against what ROH was like intended to be according to the commentators. But I mean, the crowd loves it. <laughs> the gay bash is a, actually an interesting finisher. You know, like, you know, the vegematic, right? The edgematic. Or is it? Well, no, the edgematic is a different move, but there, I think there's a vegematic where, where I forget which tag team was, where, where they kind of hold them in like a semi, like you know, like homophobic, no, like, like a, they were they're holding the guy up by his legs and like using their using they're doing a squat position, holding mm-hmm. up by his legs, and then another guy does a leg drop to drop him to drop on him. But in this case, yeah. the gay bashers, he does a flying tea bag. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. So anyway, the gay batch is a cool move. Just you can guys can Google it. Just be careful what don't what video you click on. <laughs> Type in Christopher Street Connection Gay Basher and who yeah, else there is gonna go. come up? Yeah. But um next match we have Mike Tobin versus the black nature boy, Scoot Andrews. And uh this is essentially a squash leading to the next match. Um don't really understand the point of it, just other than getting Mike Tobin some time, I guess. Um but yeah, Scoot Andrews wins with the force of nature, which is like a Rikishi driver, mm-hmm. fire thunder driver, whatever you want to call it. Um, but then Xavier comes out after the match to challenge Scoot Andrews. Like, God damn it. I feel like these guys have faced each other every show that I've watched so far. Um, but I guess they're like tied up as far as who's won what matches. And this is kind of like the rubber match here. And um so yeah, and that, that's pretty much where it leads to there. So we got Xavier versus Scoot Andrews. And this is being built as like the final chapter. So, and like the commentators are putting that over as if like whoever wins this is going to be in t- title contention, which makes sense considering what happens at the end of the show. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but yeah, again, like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Scoot Andrews got no offense in this match. Uh I I just thought it was more back and forth. It felt like was it? it was, Maybe I just wasn't got, paying attention. Well, he yeah, because like he did get some offense in, but it was like you know a very like very vanilla offense. You know, it was just like what was yeah. on suplex. You know, like a little a power slam here and there. You know, mm-hmm. he actually he did a, he hit a nice over overhead belly to belly, which was, was kind of cool. But then once again, the fact that you you felt it was one side showed that it wasn't you know it wasn't anything to really pay attention to anyway. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, then, it, yeah. Oh, like you know, like, like to go back to what you said, like you were saying that you know this was billed as like the final chapter of their professional rivalry, and like it's like, all right, so why not advertise it as such instead of making it an impromptu match? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like you know, you're like, what, what's going to bring all the boys to the yard? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> there's no milkshakes in this match. There's no milkshake. The milkshake came on by surprise. It's just you know, it's like here, here's a free free milkshake with your burger. You know, it's like it was it was just odd, but but. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I think that analogy got away with you. Horrible analogy aside. Go ahead. <laughs> I would love it on milkshake out of nowhere. What are you talking about? Shout out, Khalees. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so ultimately, 
Um, Xavier ends up winning this match with like a razor's edge, and then he follows it with a 450 splash. Uh, looks if, really good. Imagine if Scott Hall did that. Yeah, <laughs> 450. <laughs> he hit the razor's edge, like, whoa, look at him go. <laughs> he did it. I didn't see this coming. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. More likely to do a 420, huh? Oh, hey. Uh, I don't know. Fun. That or after a few drinks, it'd be more like a, a 70. <laughs> he just, he just falls over. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or that'd, be a, that'd a be a 90. A 40. 40 ounce. There it oh. is. I was just going with the angle. I wasn't going with the 40. Oh, jeez. You're too smart for me, man. Here, here we're, we're going to redo that. And I want okay. you to laugh really hard, okay? All right, here we'll, go. we'll edit it in post. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry, baby. I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> More like a 40 or, or something, right? He did a 40. Razor oh, no. he, oh, shit. He drinks a lot. <laughs> Off the top of the dome. We're having fun. He's, we're making fun of alcoholism. Anyway. Yeah. Um, um, it's a real problem, guys. It really is. But, uh, yeah, Xavier wins. They hug. Who knows what happens to Scoot Andrews after this? Who gives a fuck? After that. We have somebody driving up to the arena. I think it's Michael Shane. Couldn't really tell because it was like a fucking POV blowjob shot of his face. Mm. Um, and then uh, I guess Biohazard is driving with him. So they're pretty much establishing kind of like a thread throughout the show. Like I said earlier, the Texas Wrestling Academy guys, which is Shawn Michaels school at the time. This, this show has these guys all over the show. And there's kind of like an internal like civil war between some of the guys because there's guys that have earned contracts and are like flying to Boston from Texas instead of driving. And they're, you know, really stuck up about it and all that stuff. So we have those guys and you have the, the guys that are still like driving 30 hours from Texas with Rudy boy. And, um, so it's kind of like a line in the sand there. So that's what this is all about. And, um, this next match is kind of like the two heads of that. So we have everybody's favorite Michael Shane, Versus Paul London. And uh, see, so yeah, last show, Michael Shane won a contract by beating Paul London. So this is kind of, but that was like an attack match. So this is like a one-on-one contest for these guys to kind of culminate that rivalry, or at least like kick it off. Um, this match, I mean, it, it was pretty good. It was kind of forgettable, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, do, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I was... I liked it in the beginning. I mean, it was, it was just like, you know, I like seeing Paul London's offense. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. everything he does is great. I mean, there was this one spot, like which was I actually really loved. It was it was a spot where um where Paul London was on the top rope facing facing the crowd, and Michael Shane pushes him off, and Paul yes. London just bites it like right into the crowd. And it was and it was a very brutal bump, and I loved that spot. But he crashed through the metal barricade. It looked really brutal. Yeah, yeah. So that that was really good. I <laughs> that would be a, that the animated uh, gif right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then for yeah. some reason, the commentary kept saying they're getting Julianne through the guardrails. Did you notice that? They kept saying Julianne through the guardrails. Like like the motherfucker just got Food Network for, for a week or something like that. So they kept <laughs> watching it. You know, I, like, I was like, Senator, why do you keep using that term? You know what I mean? I mean like, you, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like you know, it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, I remembered it, I guess. I must, must, they must be doing something right. But uh, no, this match was... Like you said, it was forgettable. I I don't know. Like I think there was this one part. I don't know if you caught it. Where uh, it was it was a guard. It was a security guy. The a security guy who helped uh Rudy Boy or something like that, right? 
And then, yeah. And then the cop there for some reason goes, Rudy Boy just stole his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was that was very hilarious, actually. Like that, that, that was my favorite part of the match. Yeah. Like, like, that was my favorite part of the show. It was so like it was so unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, Rudy Boy's a legendary. Like you know, if, no, if for those people who don't know, Rudy Boy Gonzalez is the father of uh, Raquel Gonzalez from NXT. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he is. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so like you know, there you go. There's some some uh some history for you guys, but yeah. anyway, so they just they just had to throw that joke and like, oh, you know, like he he actually was looking for a job outside, like like getting picked up in a pickup truck, like the other day, you know, like you know, like how many other like racist ass jokes are you gonna pull? We out? get it, he's Mexican. Yeah, exactly. We heard you, <laughs> you fuckers. Like he was selling elotes before like for before the match, you know, like yeah. <laughs> Lotez. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, but um, I did I did like the finish though yeah, because it was too, a callback. So Paul London's first match in ROH it was one on one of the first shows. He faced a guy called named Chris Marvel, and uh, London did an Asai moonsault onto Marvel to the outside and landed on him, and Chris Marvel ended up breaking his leg because of it, and um, so they did a kind of a callback here. London did a, another Asai like Phoenix Splash kind of move on a Michael Shane, and Michael Shane sells it like he just got shot, like he like he <laughs> broke his leg basically. Um, so kind of playing up to that, like Paul London, oh he, he injured another guy, whatever. And um, you know we see like the oh he's playing possum injury thing all the time, but I feel like this was pretty well done, and I like how it kind of tied to a, a previous match that London had. I hundred percent agree. Like I love callbacks. You know it's like it's like it makes you think. And like, yeah. yeah, you want, you want to be able to like, oh man, I remember that, you know, they use it again. That's brilliant. You know, like smart booking. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's always good when you feel rewarded for like keeping up with the product. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing, like, and Rudy boy deserves a, a an Oscar for this one too. Cause he was like, I need some help. I need some help. He's dead. Right. You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, and then like, you know, I, I believe it for a second, even though like, you know, I knew about the finish. It's like, it's like, damn, is he actually really hurt? So, you know what? It happened. And wait, once again, let me go back to my other criticism. He still shook his head. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, dude, is this not he, a blood feud? <laughs> it's not that it was a blood feud. The guy faked an injury and then and then he pins me. I'm gonna be pissed off. And then like, you know, I just throw it away like oh, you got me. Good it's the code of honor, man. It's the code, code of, of honor. honor over everything. You know, it's like and you heard Donnie B. If you if you disrespect the code of honor, you're some people are going to be kind of peeved at you, so <laughs> you don't want that. Oh no, I don't want. I don't want this guy being mad at me. I don't even know who the Booker was back then. Who was the Booker? I was trying to make a joke, but <laughs> who uh, knows? Yeah, um, maybe it was. Maybe it was simply luscious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, because I'm sure she booked herself in this next segment. Obviously, because <laughs> she comes out to the ring. Like, like you said, they shake hands. London and Shane do. Simply Luscious gets into the ring and basically invites Michael Shane to join the prophecy because God damn it, they need competent people in that group. Um, and then Rudy boy is urging Michael Shane not to, because remember Michael Shane is still technically like under Rudy boy Gonzalez. Like he trained him and all that stuff. So Rudy boy is like, Oh, Michael, don't do it. Don't, don't join her and her horror ways or whatever, whatever he said. And then um, both Luscious 
and Rudy Boy get super kicked by Michael Shane. Particularly the, the the simply luscious one was hilarious to me. I don't know. I don't know what kind of person I am. I don't know what personality trait that is, but I popped hard when simply luscious got kicked right in the mouth. You and I come from the same same whatever you know because same thing when he kicked her. I was like, why? <laughs> like, <what>? Yeah. <laughs> All she did was ask you to join her. I was, and I laughed my ass off because it seems so unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, hey, join me. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just kicks her head off. I was like, and a part of me was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's like an extra level. Like, look, I, I don't hit women. I, I feel like I shouldn't have to say that. But I would, I would never hit a woman. But. I've been watching a lot of Lucha Underground lately. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of when I, women there. When I watch Phoenix just kick the shit out of Ty Valkyrie right in the jaw, man, there's nothing more aesthetically pleasing, I feel like. Take that how you will. <laughs> but also, but also. I like women getting beat up. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I got this. I, got this. I like it to watch women get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Michelle McCool. Yeah. <laughs> you, you bitch. We're going to have to figure out a way to get that in the Scoot Andrews match. <laughs> I think we missed one. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. But so I don't know if this is like a like an actual thing, but at least on screen, Steve Carino and Simply Luscious are dating. And Steve Carino, remember, is on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> so right. Michael Shane just home run derbies simply lushes his head into the fifth row and steve carino is sitting there like oh well that's her business <laughs> <laughs> like you you're, you're married right i am so if i walked in uh-huh and i kicked your wife square in the teeth uh-huh would you be like well you know she should have blocked <laughs> why am i laughing <laughs> Learn a martial art, toots. <laughs> no, you know why? Because if you had kicked her square in her teeth, she would have like she would have like no sold it like Lux of Bliss on Monday and like oh. looked at you, and she would have just like beat the living daylights out of you. Because my wife scares the shit out of me, <laughs> so I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad. I would just be like, I'm worried about this dude. He about to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All your fetishes are getting broadcasted. <laughs> no, nah, but for real, I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, if that's, I'm going to give Carino credit because that's how you keep up kayfabe. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah like, exactly. That he's kept kayfabe. He's just, he's not going to be like, you, what, you bitch! <laughs> like, like, how is she going to suck my, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Give Plenty more old, orifices. The king of old school about to get an old school handy. Uh, old school handy? What's that? <laughs> oh, you know, it's like what's like you don't you watch uh, uh South Park? Uh, I haven't watched it in a while. Okay, but well, I've, yeah, I've seen a, the older stuff. That's that's where I got it from. That's where I learned all my sexual positions for some reason. Oh, okay, that's poor, your poor wife. Now I know why she's so angry. <laughs> Red Rocket. <laughs> but uh, man, I don't the know sh- how we go the ahead. Wait, episode. <laughs> okay. okay, here's some change. I should have. Anyway. I should have let you speak. So next we have. <laughs> can we can we talk about Donovan Morgan? God my damn bad, it! My bad. Go ahead. Let's do it. Let's do this. <laughs> so there's a little flashback action 
to uh, the show we did together, I believe. So I think you saw this or maybe you just blacked it out of your mind. Uh, it was a segment that occurred at the end of the show where uh, Eddie Guerrero was there. It was his last ROH show. It was Night yeah. of Appreciation. Um, everybody kind of went out there during his match to kind of pay respects to him. But Spanky did not. So after the main event on that show, there's a segment where Loki and American Dragon are in the locker room yelling at Spanky for not paying his respects to Eddie Guerrero. And uh, then for some reason, Christopher Daniels and Donovan Morgan join and start fighting Key and Dragon. So a lot of nonsense, but uh, that's pretty much the backstory for this next match. American Dragon... Brian Danielson versus Donovan Morgan, also known as the future legend, Donovan yeah. Morgan. How do you think All that right. worked out for him? Uh, the future still, still like, still going. I guess even though it's 2021. <laughs> I mean, so in 2030, still time. There's still time. There's still time. Movie. Um, I, I particularly loved. I, I don't remember who said it on commentary, but they said when you think of technical wrestling. You think of these two. Do you think of Donovan Morgan when you think of technical wrestling? Oh, man. Hell no. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> <And> to- <laughs> like, I can't even make a joke about that. No, not even close, dude. <laughs> yeah. And like, so the match was fine, right? Again, it was a little long for yeah. my taste, but for what it was, it was <laughs> fine. Sorry, I, 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 I need got? to grow up. I need to grow what you up. Got? You said it was a little long for your taste and I giggled. It's like, like penis, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, in the beginning, so Morgan is clearly the heel, right? Because he's in the heel faction. Mm-hmm. He he beat up American Dragon in the last couple shows, which he's American Dragon's like one of the top baby faces in the company at this point. But Donovan Morgan is in there and he's doing the like trying to get the crowd. Like, what are you doing, too. man? <laughs> I noticed that too. That's that's where this match was like just just went weird for me because like here here we go all right like like you mentioned like there was a backstage fight right you know prophecy mm-hmm. versus uh brian danielson so so how do you settle a, a backstage fight you know you have a rivalry how do you settle it by having a technical classic yeah exactly <laughs> headlock <laughs> like headlock takeovers and like arm bars and like all oh, it's like great armor which by the way there was great arm work and that's that's the one thing i really liked about this match was like like uh Brian Danson, like this is like classic Brian Danson. Like you know, he was doing like really good arm work here, and like mm-hmm. you know, it told this it told a great story of this match, you know. Yeah. And like, but once again, let's just say that this never happened. This backstage fight never happened, right? It's like it's the exact same match. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, it didn't have to happen. It didn't have to have to happen at all. You know, like oh, oh, like these guys don't like each other. Well, let's just go have a great gentlemanly good match then. Yeah, let's have a collar and elbow tie-up because we hate each other. Yeah, so it was, it was just weird. And then, like, you know, it goes back to that same thing, that heel-face dynamic where it was like, why is the heels trying to get everyone to go get behind Yeah, them? it's like he forgot what the storyline was. I bet you, at this moment, Donovan Morgan forgot he was in the prophecy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, now I'm on Special K, and it starts, like, raving with these <laughs> Why is Donovan Morgan doing head... Head spins. <laughs> I couldn't think of a. I'm a Filipino and I couldn't think of any break dancing. That was pretty good. Actually. Terms. That was pretty good. Not bad, man. It was terrible, but yeah, man. Okay. A lot of a lot of chain wrestling in this match. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was technically it was good. It was solid. Um, for, I don't know why, but Steve Carino was calling every move a shoot 
Yeah. Like Donovan I, yeah. Morgan would hit Dragon with a forearm and he's, oh, shoot forearm there and then hits him with a shoot close. Like, is that like his, his gimmick, Donovan Morgan? He used all of his kayfabeness in the, the Simpy Lush situation. Yeah. He threw it all out the window for this match. Where, God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like technically everything is a shoot. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? So like this is, he's hitting it for real, this match. I'm like, wait, 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 yo, yo, yo. <laughs> abort, abort, abort. Like, who are you doing commentary this for? You know, like, are you doing this commentary for the guys in the back? Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Steve Carino, he's particularly like, he'll do whatever he can to shoehorn in like wrestling lingo. Like, oh, this guy's getting himself over out here. I'm like, oh, fuck off, you hand job. <laughs> Or should have been a hand job. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been so. swallowed. <laughs> Sorry. That's so. the next show. Everyone take a shot for every time I apologize during this uh, podcast. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody is awake. So Dragon has Morgan in the cattle mutilation. Um, but then the time limit draw bell sounds. It was, I guess it was a 15 minute time limit for this match. So it's a draw. And it was the first ever in ring of honor at this point um they get the five more minutes chant from the crowd daniel or uh brian danielson grabs the mic yells at the referee to give them five more minutes and the referee does the you know, you know waves his hands like no no way i don't know why but he doesn't want to give him five more minutes and brian calls him a coward Ugh. there's a bullshit chance from the crowd and then uh daniel Bryan or fucking yeah daniel Bryan. fuck i'm gonna call him that turns to Morgan and he says that he's too good for the prophecy, which I guess it's at that point where Donovan remembered what faction he was in. And then uh, Brian what? tells him, <laughs> what's a prophecy? Is that like evolution? <laughs> you just don't, I was like, I just joined a nation of dominations. <laughs> and then uh, he tells Morgan to shake his hand and leave the prophecy and join the real wrestlers. But then uh, Morgan will have none of this. Kicks Brian in the gut and gives him the angel's wings. Good shit, huh? No. Okay. Next. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. It was what it was. You know, like same thing. If that never happened, it wouldn't have changed anything with the match. Yeah, I definitely get the sense. At least last show gave me a sense that Donovan Morgan and Christopher Daniels are good friends. So it feels like kind of a a bit of nepotism here, as far as like Donovan Morgan getting all this like time in the ring and i feel like he just has he's like technically fine but he just doesn't have like i don't want to say that it factor but he doesn't have anything particularly interesting about him exactly you know like there's a lot of people who can wrestle you know like there's wrestlers up there but then in the end it's like if your matches are all the same with like this chain wrestling stuff yeah i got me wanting to watch that like you know other than yeah. other than i'm donovan morning i can do this it's like the d malenko thing where it's like same thing you know like it's your yeah. Dean Malenko still. You're still like vanilla as fuck, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. but some people that are not vanilla are the Hit Squad, who are outside, leaning against a van of some sort that has like a broken windshield. Um, they cut some sort of promo and they end it with, "Are you? Are you?" Because they're talking to a uh, Carnage crew, the team of uh, Devito and HC Loke. And they're basically like, hey, 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 Carnage crew, are you ready to make the sacrifice? And then they point to the van. Do you understand this? Is that, is that where they sleep? Maybe? I, it sounds like they're going to fuck him in the ass in the back of the van. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dirty Mike and the boy style. 
<laughs> well, I don't now know if you get that reference. I don't, I don't know if you get that reference or not. No, no, yes, no. That's Office, right? Oh no, the other guys. Oh, that's uh, like, Prison Mike. So I'm thinking it's probably the same thing, though, right? Well, yeah. Well, either way, they're gonna get fucked in the back in the van. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we have a Boston Massacre match because they're in Boston, everybody. They're in Boston. A Boston Massacre. And it's a street fight, I guess. It's, it feel, it's, this whole match felt like just an ECW hangover to me. Yeah, yeah. Good call on that one. Crazy to think because it's still like, I mean, ECW's only been out of business for like a year, maybe two at this point. So it's still fresh in everybody's mind. But I feel like people are just fatigued from ECW more so than wanting it back. At least that's, that's the impression I got from the crowd in this match. Cause there was like barbed wire. There was uh chairs, bull ropes, mm-hmm. cowbells. Mm-hmm. There, there's even a point where the hit squad, they go to the back and pull out two barbed wire boards from the back. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of like blood, the, like within like two minutes, all everyone's busted open, bleeding all over the place. But yeah, towards the end, so we get Boogaloo's hubcap in this match. I was gonna say the same thing. Like, what the Thank fuck, guys? Goodness, they're still reaching for that. So I guess at some point, the uh, the Carnage crew stole Boogaloo's hubcap. Who Boogaloo is a member of the the Natural Born Sinners, which we'll get to them later. Still, that's their weapon of choice. I guess. So we have like the two barbed wire boards, right? They're both set up in corners and everyone's trying to throw each other into these boards, which honestly it was kind of a good little part of the match. It said it had like a, uh, it established tension it established. Oh, like who's going to you know get thrown into the board or whatever. Um, ultimately I think uh, what's happened here. So yeah, Mac, I think it is. I always get the, the hit squad guys mixed up for all intents and purposes. They're the same guy. Uh, was it Monster, Monster Mac and who's the other one? I forget. Dan 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 Moff. Moff Dan Moff. There. Uh, but Monster Mac gets tossed into one of the boards by Devito. Um, Devito then picks up the hubcap and swings it at Dan Moff, the other Hit Squad guy, um, but ends up getting speared through the other board. Which that spear that through that awesome. barbed wire board looked awesome because oh, he did yes. like a fucking front flip through. It was brutal brutal looking but then the finish comes when hc loke gets burning hammered by i believe monster mac for the win so the hit squad wins they remain undefeated by beating carnage crew here what do you think of this whole deal it was fun you know it was, it was a good change of pace because you know we we just sat through like a, a technical match and all the other matches were kind of like 50 right. 50 so like so this was nice to see like just like just blood and and you know people getting thrown in the shit and like like you said there's cowbells and and chairs but uh one thing in this match made me laugh, like was was that was worth me watching again. Was there's a match where uh, I there's a part where I think it was Monster Mac. He he was outside the ring and he was gonna get drop kicked with a chair. So then so then Devito hands him a chair, right? And you know he couldn't get it to stay on his face, so he just held it up. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just yeah. sitting there holding the chair up, like you know, and just waiting for someone to kick it into his face. Like that was it's just that's my little one nitpicky thing where I was like, all right, guys, he's trying guys to block get, it apparently he, was trying, <laughs> he blacked it with his forehead you know like yeah but uh, other than that it, this match is what it was it was just like it was a massacre and like you know at least you know they they knew what sound they're in because if, if you're gonna go into a boston match and you're gonna call a chicago street fight you might get booed out of the building you know? 
Why don't companies do that more often? Yeah. That'd be hilarious. What, what city am I in, guys? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> this match is an LA Riot match. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, someone's getting a brick thrown at him or something. But yeah. But, <laughs> What's no, the no. Christmas the Christmas street fight? Like Nightmare on oh, Elm, the Elm, Elm Street th- fight? No. Is that a Christmas thing? Saint no. Nick thing? Oh, shit. I know what you're trying to say because like, yeah. it was it was one of those that legendary match between Orton and the only good uh what's that guy's name from the Nexus Otunga uh, yeah the David, only David good Otunga. David Otunga match in the history of Otunga matches like, and that proves it because I remembered what you were talking about <laughs> exactly I was about to say Hudson's wife husband oh jeez anyway <laughs> <laughs> but, but like yeah miracle um. Uh, Miracle on 31st Thank Street you. Fight. There you go. I was going to make a joke earlier like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if they did that in July or something? And then we all <laughs> would have laughed, but I just fucking forgot what it was. <laughs> well, next, next month is going to be Halloween Havoc. Ah, there we go. So you, you recovered. You bounced I back. You. I got you, man. <laughs> well, we, we, you completed me, you know, that Miracle on 31st. <sighs> is, that, is that a quote from the movie? Help me help you. I'm going to be honest. I've never seen it. Show me the this money. You're just saying Shane McMahon things. No, no, the, oh no, this is this is all uh that Tom Cruise movie with the Cuba Gooding Jr. Snow Dogs. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Oh okay. But speaking of Jerry, uh, there's nothing about. But you know, we have Don it's a Biohazard. <laughs> yeah, they're okay. There it is. There it is. The match that everybody came to see: Don Juan versus Biohazard. And, you know, again, this kind of goes back to the, the TWA thing where there's like a, a split down the middle. So Don Juan is on the hard working side and Biohazard is like Michael Shane's buddy. So they're like all the, the stuck up dudes that have contracts and don't have to fucking drive or whatever. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Don Juan looks like your long lost brother. <laughs> I was just no, you know, I can't. I'm gonna say you're wrong. You know why? Because I what was just about to make fun of. If you're gonna be named Don Juan, you better be fucking handsome. <laughs> <laughs> but then that, now you're saying he looks like me. <laughs> From what I've seen of you, I'm like, oh, I didn't know Charlie wrestled in 2002. <laughs> oh shit! It, it was me. Oh. Man, what a turn! <laughs> like no, but I get what you're saying. We all look like. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, well, you know what? That's funny because, like, you know how I said, like, Don Juan should be a handsome dude. There you go. The commentary even said that. You're in the middle of the match. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be putting over the talent. And, like, they're, they're like, dude, shouldn't Don Juan look better than this? <laughs> I, think, I think the actual quote is, this Don Juan, he should be good looking, but he's pretty ugly. <laughs> or so, that, I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what one of them said. Like, tell me how you really feel. Yeah, so it's, it's no wonder Don Juan didn't have a world title run at some point. Ah, uh, what a mistake! What a mistake! But yeah, uh, Biohazard wins this match with a backdrop driver. Uh, as far as the match goes, I mean, I think I went to go walk my cat during this match, so I don't really remember a I lot took, about I it. I took notes on this match. Like most of these like matches, I took notes have long ones. This one just says whatever. Yeah. <laughs> dot dot dot. Yeah. But uh, don't worry. We got some guys that are going to get your gears going. Maverick Wild versus Alex Arion. You might be listening to this, be like, hey, who the fuck are these guys? My answer would be, 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Your answer is as good as mine. It's it's uh it's skinny uh skinny what's that guy's name? Oh shit. It's the skinny <laughs> Mojo Raleigh versus fat Angel Garza. <laughs> That's perfect. That is exactly what it is. Watch this match. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm gonna go rewatch it just to have that context to it. I'm gonna like if when you put this on Twitter, I am gonna put a a picture of these two fuckers and you can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Please do. Please do. But this match was this match was Maverick Wild. No, that's not dead air. Like that's <laughs> actually that's actually his reaction, guys. It is. It is. I'm so the, three bad jokes per episode. Your 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 bad joke per second is is low on this one. I'm gonna <laughs> need you to step it thank up. Thank you, thank you. At least lower than the last one. Jeez. Thank you. Oh, I, uh, I feel good now. Do you have any more Raven jokes? That's <laughs> 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 a Raven. <laughs> Stop. Bound for Glory 2005. That's a, that's a Raven joke. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> any Raven versus a Dustin Rhodes match. Oh Christ! They had a fucking rematch. By not to get oh, on know. a Raven Dustin Rhodes topic. I listened. To, I listened to your episode on what was it Destination X. Yeah. Yep. Oh, is who knows? But this is not Dustin Rhodes nor Raven. We have a Maverick or uh, what'd you say, Skinny Mojo Raleigh versus Mojo Fat Raleigh. Angel Garza. Yep. And the premise here is that these are kind of like local New England guys. Some title is on the line. I didn't catch what the acronym was, but it's some New England promotion. Its title is on the line here. I get it. You know, it's some local. Yeah, the people in attendance are, might, might get a kick out of it. Um, I personally didn't give two cunt hairs about this. So there was a uh, <laughs> one spot in this match that I loved. It was like a uh, so Maverick Wild. So fa- uh, Fat Angel Garza is on his back in the corner. <laughs> Uh, skinny Mojo Raleigh is going for what I thought was going to be like a Vader bomb kind of deal, but instead he just ran into the turnbuckle and fell on his back. Yes. That's that was... exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he <laughs> forgot to jump. It's like, oh, let's make something out of this. Like he, 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 okay. I always hated that spot. I think it was uh, Jack Swagger who used to do this, where he'll, he'll jump over the guy and does a Vader bomb. You know, because mm-hmm. you're literally jumping over a guy to do a move. You know, I, I hate I hate that spot because it's just like, why don't you just hit him? You know, <laughs> like, but in this case, Skinny Mojo Raleigh not only <laughs> jumps over the guy, he's he, he smacks into the turnbuckle face first just to use that momentum to fall backwards on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as bad as, do you remember Sammy Callahan when he was in NXT? Yes, the, the, remember- the, I know exactly what move you're talking about. Go ahead, I'll let you continue. Yeah, it's like a uh, like he puts his back to the ropes, mm-hmm. jumps back first onto the ropes, and then like rebounds forward, but it like never looks good. Yep, that's and pretty much has, this in reverse. That was like he had to like lean back on that top rope like nine times just to get some momentum. Yeah, and he's like four yeah. foot seven, so it was particularly <laughs> hard for him. <laughs> and you know what? That's not the worst. That's that was okay. That was the second, like, horrible spot of this match. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, I don't. Okay. Skinny, skinny uh, Mojo Raleigh throws uh, Fat Angel Garza into the turnbuckle, right? Mm-hmm. But to add momentum to this, this Irish whip, he does a front flip. 
I love that shit. What are you talking about? No, but yeah, normally. Oh, but he didn't sell bad. it. But he didn't no, sell it. It's not that. It's that he waited one Mississippi, two one Mississippi, then does the flip. You're, you're like he already threw the motherfucker, and you sit there <laughs> looking at him, and then and then he does a flip. <laughs> it's called inertia. Okay. <laughs> I didn't learn that shit in high school. Like, I, like, <laughs> Apparently, Skinny Mojo Raleigh didn't either. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like that that momentum. It's like on delayed. You know, like what in the yeah. hell? He oh. tripped. I think he slipped on a banana peel or something. That's oh. completely unrelated to the mom- the momentum of the, the Donkey throw. Kong Irish Whip. There it is. There it is. But <laughs> so the finish comes when uh, Fat Angel Garza goes to the top rope. Goes for a splash, which is clearly his finisher because he's fat. And then uh, Skinny Mojo Raleigh, who is skinny, so he would get really hurt by Fat Angel Garza. So he gets his knees up, um, blocks it, and then uh, Skinny Mojo Raleigh goes for a full Nelson slam onto Fat Angel Garza. But Fat Angel Garza counters it into a victory roll for the win. So Fat Angel Garza wins the the Who Gives a Fuck uh, championship here. I'm about to clip the last 15 seconds of <laughs> Man, if somebody turns this podcast on and they just skip to whatever the timestamp this is and they just <laughs> listen to us talking about this match out of context. You, I really, it's be bad. really wish you were doing commentary. If you ever get a commentary <laughs> gig, just, just let, let me know. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Fat, fat Angel Garza just hits Mojo Raleigh. Mojo Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna find out where these guys. Hopefully, they're still wrestling up there in New England. Hopefully, they're not. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh. Um, but we have some more tag team action next. The Natural Born Sinners, which is the team of Homicide and Boogaloo, versus the FBI. Even though they're not going by the FBI here, uh, James Maritato. And Tony Mamaluke. You might know James Maritato better by Nunzio. Uh, but the whole gimmick here is that Maritato is trying to scrap that Nunzio stuff. He's trying to get rid of the FBI gimmick. He's because uh, he's an ROH now. He, he's a shooter because I guess he wrestled in Japan at some point. So he's like reverting back to the shooter, James Maritato. And everybody's like, come on, man, you're still Guido. <laughs> but and then you have Mama Luke who's still like trying to get the band back together. He's trying to embrace the FBI stuff. So there's like a conflict between those two guys. They have natural born sinners who are wearing um, the fucking, uh, what do you call them when you're in jail? Uh, the uh, jumpsuit? Bongs. Is this j- okay. Um, they're wearing bongs. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> they're wearing, oh man. I know it's just, it's just an oversized. I don't know. It's probably just jumpsuit. It's probably just jumpsuit, jumpsuit. right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty like it was fine. I mean, <laughs> the beginning, I was thinking of you when I was watching this because it was Mama Luke and Boogaloo were wrestling and the commentary was like, Mama Luke has Boogaloo and Boogaloo has Mama Luke down. And now Mama Luke is like, these are the two stupidest fucking names I've ever seen in wrestling. Oh, the match itself was pretty like it was, you know, a traditional kind of match, like nothing too crazy, nothing worth like going out of your way to see. But it was solid. Um, definitely like a change in pace for the the natural born sinners because at this point they've been like the street fighter kind of guys so this is like their first like real real tag match and I'm like thinking like as I'm speaking because they're building up to a tournament 
to determine the the first ever tag team champions in ROH. So I'm noticing because like even with like the Christopher Street connection, like they had a legitimate match, and then you had the Boston Massacre match, and now you have this tag team match. Like I think they're trying to get over all the tag teams mm-hmm. that uh, ROH has. So if that is the case, and I think this match served its purpose, um, but ultimately Homicide hits the cop killer on Mama Luke for the win. Um, <laughs> natural born centers are like checking on Mama Luke after it's like really like putting over how devastating that finisher is. So that was a funny little aspect of it. But yeah, overall, <laughs> I thought this match was fine. Yeah, same here. I agree. Uh, I agree hundred percent. Um, I had a couple notes on this match. Just, just to, uh, do, do, do you recall the the video package before this match, or the like how this match came about? Um, remind me. Okay, so Boogaloo comes up to uh, <laughs> comes up to James Maritato, and he goes, "Hey, I want to talk to you about. I want to ask you some questions about shooting." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you remember this? <laughs> and then Tony Mamaluke goes, "You know what?" The only thing you know about shooting is taking some guy in the back alley and putting him to him really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so unnecessarily exactly. complex. I was like, where did that come from? Like, why? <laughs> 2002 <laughs> was a fun time. <laughs> and then here's the best part. Homicide no sells the joke. He goes, no, the only shooting that we do is in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. All right, homie. Like we got it. But like, <laughs> joke because guys are criminals right it's so, a gimmick. Well, but either homicide didn't get the joke or he's he actually admitted to like jerking off in the middle of the ring yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway i was like what was this like, now that's a finish <laughs> exactly <laughs> he's, he's got two great finishers the cop killer and then the cum shot but anyway uh, so <laughs> that's val venus so, <laughs> but uh the, like the one thing about this match that i had to say like there was a lot of great wrestling like you know homicide and maritato are great like matt wrestlers they did they yeah. like worked it really well uh mama luke actually he showed some stuff too like i took note that he did this great combination where he does a shin breaker transition holds on transitions it to a dragon screw then then transitions it again into a stretch muffler it sounds convoluted yeah. but he made it look really smooth and i was like you know what this is some more, you know, more of that shit. You know, you don't need to be like trying to be a comedy guy. You don't need this FBI shit. Just work mm-hmm. the fact that, like, don't you should wear a mask because you're kind of ugly, but then you could still wrestle. You know, like that's that's. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's all I had to say about this match, though. No, I agree. Like even but lately, up yeah, the, the natural born sinners and with uh, the Briscoes later on, you you forget that these guys are like legit like amateur wrestling, like they they're really proficient in that kind of style. And it always catches me off guard when I see Homicide do that because you look at him, you don't really expect that. You expect like a street fighter kind of guy. Exactly. But And Homicide is like, a, a, he's ROH champion at some point. He's like a, a focal point of the company for a long time, um, a little d- later down the road. But yeah, really good match. I always, Homicide's like one of my, not not a guilty pleasure, but he's always like one of those guys I always enjoy watching. Oh, I got some I got some recommendations for you, but we'll we'll do that in the DLs during, during our Chatterbait sessions. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't talk during those. <laughs> it's heavy breathing yeah, like, like you do a lot of talking i'm almost there i'm almost there <laughs> oh my bust <laughs> speaking of busting yep. we have uh busted open two guys there it is there it is mark briscoe versus jay briscoe what <laughs> so they have so the whole thing here is that mark is 17 at this point 
So they they can't wrestle in Philly because of the state athletic commission. Apparently Boston, they're just like, ah, fuck it. Let all the children's go in there and fucking bleed all over the place. <laughs> so, and then it's been building up because Jay Briscoe has had matches on virtually every show so far in ROH. And Mark is always out there ringside because he can't wrestle, but he can manage Jay. And Jay has been losing pretty much, if not all of his matches. And Mark has been getting frustrated, like, hey, how are you losing, man? Uh, man you losing all these matches, man. So, and then he's like disrespecting Jay. Jay's getting fed up. So Jay challenges him to a match in Boston because no rules in Boston, basically. So I go in this match and I'm like, okay, Jay and Mark are still very young. Still very green. I'm not expecting a whole lot of this match, but maybe it'll be fun. And then what preceded was probably my favorite match of the night. Um, just like they're brothers, but they're like really hitting each other, stomping on each other's fingers, busting each other open. And again, just like homicide, you forget that these guys are like legit athletes. So there's a lot of really good like suplexes and technical chain wrestling and kind of transitional type of stuff. Um, but mixed in with, you know, hand stomps and chops and all that shit. Um, we see a, uh, Steiner screwdriver in this match from Jay to Mark. We see a lot of stiff strikes, superplexes, high flying moves. It had like every style in this match, which is a cool thing to see too. Great chemistry, obviously, but, um, yeah, a really good match, and Mark ends up winning it with the cutthroat driver, which is a, a burning hammer, essentially, yeah. <laughs> and just with his arm wrapped around his neck. Um, so yeah, Mark beats Jay here. The younger brother wins. Yeah, man, just really fucking great pacing in this match, and I loved it. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it was it was definitely one of the more hard-hitting matches, and like you know, it's a great story behind it because uh, you know, they're obviously brothers, and like just raring to go. You know, like mm-hmm. the only thing that I would say that uh, I would change is I would switch the roles. Because, like, if you're the big brother, I w- I'd rather see the big brother just beating the little shit yeah. out of the little brother. And then you, then you can get behind, you know, the little brother, like, when he comes, does that, you know, come back to get, get the heat on him. You know what I mean? Like, and then, like, all, this, all of a sudden, you know, and I'd rather see the big brother win because, in a sense, you know, whoever's that sibling knows the big brother usually beats the shit out of little brother. So, yeah. So, other than that, excellent match. I loved it. Can't make fun of it. I'd like I'd like to, but I can't. Yeah, I mean that makes sense too, because if Jay's losing all these matches, you would think he would like build up frustration over time and probably take it out on his little brother. I agree. That probably would have been the better way to go about it. But either way, I think uh I mean they become one of the greatest tag teams of all time within a matter of years. So yeah, exactly. So all is well that ends well. Awesome match here, which brings us to our main events the roh championship is on the line the first ever title defense low-key versus aj styles and i feel like we cut the last time we did an roh show together these guys faced each other didn't they yes and i think there's like some kind of wonky finish that had like low-key winning with some kind of bullshit roll-up or something yeah it was just like it was like a really intense match going back and forth back and forth and it just ends abruptly with a with a roll-up yeah but uh, this match was much better. Um, I mean, overall, man, I just felt like this is what makes wrestling so good is when it feels like a fight. It feels like a struggle, but it still maintains that like smoothness of a wrestling match. I feel like that's what this match kind of exhibited. 
hundred percent agree. It was just, it was just like, you can tell these guys were like, these guys have a lot of chemistry. You know, you can tell like mm-hmm. these guys work well together. They know their shit and they know it works, you know? So it's like, it was just, it just, you know, a good match invokes, uh, what's that word I'm trying to say? Like emotion, right? Intensity, and, emotion. Inten- yeah, exactly. And, and within you, you know, the, the viewer who's watching it and me, I just felt that intensity, like, like, you know, just like into every single little thing every single strike every single uh submission attack every single slam it's like it's like it meant something it felt something and you just and you just gotta can't wait to see what's happening next you know so i, I really liked it yeah and low-key i mean as everybody knows he's notoriously stiff in the ring but aj <laughs> responded to that by being equally as stiff and maybe not uh <laughs> the healthiest way to handle things but god damn it as a viewer i loved it um like you said, stiff strikes all throughout because AJ Styles, especially at this point, is more of like a lucha style wrestler. But this really brought out another side of him and um, a really a good foil for Loki and all his off- offense as well. But towards the end, I really like the finish it is when um, Loki had AJ Styles and a dragon sleeper. AJ fights out of it and hoists Loki up on his shoulders for like a power slam tombstone kind of deal. But Loki reverses out of it and situates. AJ like on his shoulders and like really fights to put him in position for a key crusher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but it, I liked it because it felt like they were struggling against each other. Like it wasn't like a, a clean, let, let me jump up and help you. It felt like like key was working for it. You know yeah, what I mean? See, see, that's a, that's a risky thing to do too. Cause like when you do that, you know, you risk the risk, the whole idea of like, Oh my God, there's, they're like botching, you know, looking right. looking not as smooth. But in this case, you can see like, it's like, it looks like it's done on purpose where exactly like it, it sold the finisher. Like I do not want to get hit by this move, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why, like, like going back to what you're saying, like, like they struggled to, and then like he struggled to get that key crusher, you know, just because like AJ was like, and then that, that's kind of the theme of this whole match. Like, like you can tell like during the whole match, like uh, what's his name? Uh, Low key. He was going for that key crusher. He was, he was, go- he went for a mm-hmm. Phoenix flash. He went, he was going, he was trying to get that dragon sleeper in. This match showed that, like, it. not only do all your previous matches should be putting over your finishers, your present match should be putting over your finishers, too. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah, like the, exactly. the, the opponents should be scared of that finisher. Should be, like, if you're strategizing against someone, you know, like, this guy beats these guys with this move, you're going you're gonna to watch out for that. And that's why, like, I thought this match was, like, it was, like, wrestling school material because it's sort of, like, respect the finisher. You know, like, that's, that's, yes. that's why, because, like, if not, then, how else is anyone gonna, ever going to believe that this is good? Like this match is going to end, as opposed mm-hmm. to like you got to give someone like a damn near concussion, hit him with a card to win a match. You know? Yeah, I feel like Ring of Honor like eventually kind of fell into that. Unfortunately, like yeah, a lot yeah. of finisher fest, especially like I think of like Nigel McGuinness, you would have to hit a guy with like eight Nine lariats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I know what you're saying. But I mean, nonetheless, um, really awesome match here, and uh, Loki gets the win with the key crusher. Retains his title, and then uh, after the match, Key walks to the back, and he runs into Xavier, who they have a little stare down. And they say some stuff to each other, but the mics don't really pick it up. Um, but essentially building to a match between those two guys. Um, and I know Xavier wins the title at some point. I'm not sure exactly when, mm-hmm. but uh, that'll be interesting to see. So that, and it, there were some segments after the show. I don't know if you took any notes on those. I did only because it was probably the single greatest dumb segment I've ever seen. 
Like, what you was know, it again? Okay, so the Carnes crew, you know, those two little boys. Well, no, not, sorry, not the Carnes crew. Those Dunn and Marcos. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so like they're they're trying to do a promo saying, "Hey, we're the best tag team in the world, upcoming, whatever." Every time they try to get that their statement out, there's Carnage Crew jumping uh, the Hit Squad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Carnage Crew is just bashing the Hit Squad, and then the camera goes back to Dunn and Marcos, and they're like. So we're the best tag team in the world. We're gonna and, rock you like a hurricane. Yes, and then and sure enough, the camera goes right back to the beatdown again. <laughs> like they're, they're more worried about the beatdown, and then some of the beatdowns happening. The camera goes right back to Dun and Marcos, and they're like, "We're the best tag team in the world." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, this is and so three, stupid. Two, it was bad." One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so stupid. It was funny enough where it entertained me. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Again, kind of building up to that tournament that they're doing. I don't know if it's the next show or a couple of shows from now, but yeah, that brings the show to a close. Yep. Honor invades Boston. Uh, overall, what do you think of the show? Ah, man, I wouldn't recommend it. Although, like, yeah. the last two matches, I would recommend just for those two matches. And then all those funny spots in between. Like, I, I admit, like, I was happy to watch this event just for the stupidity that was Skinny Mojarelli versus uh, Bad Angel Garza. <laughs> Man, I hope they stick around now. Oh man, I hope so too. Uh, th- like just, just for like, I don't care about anymore our truth twenty four seven segments. Just watch, let's watch these two go at it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Santino uh, Morello is a hoot. <laughs> Idiot. Is that what Michael Cole sounds like? <laughs> that was yeah. <laughs> that, that was my really bad Vince McMahon, I guess, but. That's Vince McMahon. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Like he, he was the one who thought it was like Santino Morello was so funny, so he just throwing him out there. <laughs> God damn it! His cobra on his hand. He's hilarious. Like we don't have any midgets just to get a man out there in, in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you fucking Pee Wee Herman? Oh, yeah. Fat Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking oh. of fat, if you want, if you want more impressions like that, you can catch it. Every week on the Get Show podcast. Yep, yep. We're we're coming back. Our 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 next season's gonna start soon, so we're gonna, we're gonna start taping. Well, it'll probably be out by the time you guys hear this episode. But yeah, like Get Show podcast. Like it's four guys, three really funny guys, and me. Like we uh we do our thing. <laughs> like we <laughs> we talk about wrestling. We make wrestling fun, no matter what it is, whether we like it or hate it. We review AEW every single week, and we do our. Uh, our sweaty sessions so like you know we do our our rep battles anything to pretend what we could do pertaining to wrestling you'll see what we mean give us give us a try love it yeah yep. it's definitely one of those pot I and mean, there's i feel like everybody has a podcast now on wrestling yeah but uh get, get get show is one of those ones that i always make time to listen to um which is why i keep having you on for whatever reason i um, apologize <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man yeah thanks once again for coming on here uh well yeah we'll Not definitely do problem. it again Not a problem, man. It's my pleasure, buddy. Once again, thank you to Charlie from the Get Show podcast for walking hand in hand with me through this beautiful episode of Ring of Honor. (laughs) Lots of ridiculous, ridiculous shit on this show. But man, we had a fun time with it. So thank you to Charlie. Go check out the Get Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll put all of that info in the Description below, as always, at Get Show Podcast on Twitter, Linktree backslash Get Show Podcast. Follow Charlie on Twitter at HiChartyB. What else am I plugging other than my asshole? Oh, that's right. ApronBump.com to follow me. 
apronbump.com to uh, find all my social medias and all the paths to uh, listen to my podcast on whatever platform that uh, tickles your pickle, so to speak. Uh, that's all I got for you. There's no cats in sight to uh, interrupt my outro. So I have no one to yell at. Thank you guys once again for listening. I love you, smooches. I'm hard. Yeah.